Uh, burn down an entire neighborhood. Um, and then for historical fires, you can't beat Pompeii. I mean, I just like, did anybody else hear that? Frozen. Like Wait, that, that is counts a as a fire? fire? Yeah. It's a volcano. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that there was fire. First of all, I thought the bit was going to go more in the direction of Ben Barton, like talking about Billy Joel. Oh, and okay. you go to like my friends lost their homes. I'm sorry, I like Jim, you're trying to make a nice joke bit out of fire. <laughs> it's a check yourself situation. Fifty years of music with fifty year old white guys. Jeff Simons, it's a Monday. It, it seems like it's off to a big start for you. Dude, 95-minute drive to work today because of okay. a major accident. Okay. Okay. Right into oh some very challenging meetings. So this is okay. a welcome, a welcome change of pace from what has been uh not a great start. Okay. Tough, tough work week. Uh Ben Barton, you're at work in your office. Is, is your week going well? Yeah, I'm way less edgy than Jeff Simons. I like the, I like the energy he's. You're bringing. gonna get some edgy I want, Jeff. I want edgy some, Jeff. I want some today. anger. I want some anger for 2019 for sure. <laughs> so edgy Jeff, very uh, very unlike the Kenny Loggins in the Redwoods performance we were just seeing. Oh my god, that was not edgy. But this this is edgy Jeff. Uh, well, welcome. I am so excited to see you guys. My my uh, four week vacation bender. Is coming to a close. We fly back to Asheville tomorrow. So actually, this podcast will be edited. Oh, yeah, well, that'll be a nice change of pace for our. Uh, <laughs> nice you started off super professional, by the way. You had the name and the sponsor, and I mean <laughs> yeah. that was that was good. And feel free like, to cut out the the logins reference. I was not watching that <laughs> voluntarily. No one wants to hear about that at all. I'm, sometimes it's, it's good to be late to the podcast. I missed the logins thing. Completely, yeah. So these are these are the kind of uh, text messages that should just be tweets. I should be tweeting out Kenny Logins under our 50 years of music with 50 year old white guy label. Um, Welcome to 2019. We are covering our favorite albums. It's 2019. We're, we're getting close to wrapping it up here uh, in season two. Amazing. The uh, stick-to-itiveness of the three of us. Dude, we're such Gen Xers. Oh, here we go again. There was Jesus. a plan, and we okay. put our Jesus. head down and crashed. Oh, my God. Bang through it. <laughs> so, that is the worst elderly man take of all time, where you're like, you know what's an interesting about my generation is we like to work hard. Maybe you've heard prove, of it. Prove me wrong. Those prove lazy me wrong, kids. people. I I, think we should, yes, we should it's old back. and crusty, and it's totally correct. So... I think if we've uh, if we've banned talking about physical ailments uh, on this podcast, we might have to ban our work ethic as well. All right. Yeah, but- I mean, seriously, Jeff is praising our work ethic. It's during working hours for all three of us who ostensibly have jobs <laughs> and we're recording this dumb podcast. I'm just going to say <laughs> that's how hard we well, work. Now, that is an interesting point. 
Uh, all right. Well, gentlemen, let's get to some music. We are a music podcast after all. And we're going to go with the Grammy winner, an artist my daughters love, an artist I, I don't yet have, um, have access to. I don't, I don't understand uh, how to approach her. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope you guys can point me in a direction. It's the Grammy winner. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? By Billie Eilish. Hit it with our Grammy winner for 2019. Billie Eilish. Who is she? What's she all about? Break it down. Uh, my daughters are likewise very big fans of Billie Eilish of the earlier material more than the later material. Um, that song is great. That so good. Not representative of her work. She's no, true. real much slower and mopier. Okay. Um, but in a likable way, um, it's a little funny that you don't like her, Tim, I would think, or haven't, haven't accessed it. She's Lord-esque in the following way. Um, she's like, there's a weird family backstory. I haven't, there's a, a documentary about her and maybe Jeff knows a weird family backstory. I don't know the answer to this, but she's kind of like a self-made person in this cocoon with her family and her brother where they just really encourage her to record a lot. Um, huh. And so the material is very unusual sounding. Like it yeah. does not sound like other stuff that's on the radio. And I mean, that as high price, high price. Right, right. She's an individual, she's an artist. Um, she is a big standard bearer for feeling comfortable with how she looks but also uncomfortable with how she looks and not being uh, like a huge sex symbol but also being a sex symbol um despite having multicolored hair and wearing big t-shirts basically um and i think all of that comes together to create a package that young females in particular or, or young people identify as female feel really really strongly about like they just love cool. her wow that's really cool well it's funny because i i am at the age um where I have multicolored hair and also wear large t-shirts. So that's my, <laughs> so that. and are also a sex symbol. So it's working yeah, out for so. you. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Trifecta. Uh, Jeff, you like her? No, she's too mopey for me. I love this oh, song. Okay. I love individual tracks, but, um, but I'm not supposed to, and I'm okay with it. I like that yeah. she exists. I like that she's making music. I like that she's an artist. I don't begrudge anyone for their fandom. Um, it's right. not my, it's not my wheelhouse, but I respect it. I love this song. I the first time I heard this, I was like, "This is so fantastic." Does Ben, do you know what the percussion sound is in the background of the song? 
No way. Tell me. It's the Australian walk sign. Tick, 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 tick. They were they were in Sydney, Australia, and the brother oh was like, God. "That's the coolest sound I've ever heard." He held his iPhone up and recorded it, and that's the background percussion <laughs> track for this hit. That's amazing. That's a true story. I love, and that that tells you everything you need to know about like yeah. how these folks approach recording and what constitutes music. And I think it's great. I I just well bet on them. Uh, I'm really interested in um in comparing her to my pick. But we will we will do that momentarily. Uh, let's uh, set the stage for everybody. What were we doing in 2019? What were we doing three years ago? We were so young then, right? <laughs> let's start with some simple uh, trivia for the two of you. Japan's emperor, Akihito, abdicated after a 30-year reign, and his son succeeded him to what throne? What is the throne of Japan called? Is it the Iron Throne? It is not the Iron Throne. <laughs> no idea. Dry. It is no the Chrysanthemum Throne. Did you just want to show off that you can pronounce the word chrysanthemum? Did it come out? I, 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 you I did felt great. A little, I, I felt a little stumble. I was okay. All right. What is a chrysanthemum? Is it a flower? flower yeah. It's a pretty is flower. It? Oh, that's nice. Okay. Uh, Dolly is obviously named after a flower. And so one of uh-huh. her favorite kids' books was a book called Chrysanthemum. About, I think she's like a little mole. Uh, but she goes to school and gets made fun of for having a flower name. But then to say, everyone eventually comes around. Oh, that must have <laughs> must have been a really important book. <laughs> she's clutching it as she walks around. That's great. Uh, Theresa May resigned as prime minister, bringing in the Boris Johnson era in England. I hope that goes well. Um, we had the college admissions cheating scandal. Ooh, that's right. Uh, Jeff Simons, I think you might know this off the top of your head, but what was the investigation uh, by the Justice Department called? Oh, God, I can't. Operation. Right. I can't remember. It's hilarious, though. Ben, do you know? No, nah, tell us. I love this. Operation Varsity Blues. That's it. Operation so, Varsity Blues. That's so a good joke by whoever. I love them so, sitting around the office coming you know, up. With that you day. know that a scandal hits close to home when you work at a school where the morning that broke, you receive 25 emails from people unsolicited that says that had nothing to do with me, which so <laughs> proves how close they were to having it have something to do yeah. with them. It was, oh, dear. Yeah, the school yeah. down the street was implicated. Board members had to resign. Lots of parents involved. That that was uh, that Ugly. was not a scandal. That was theoretical. That was a no, scandal that, that hit happening. right in the neighborhood like an atomic bomb. Are you so now that you and I, Jeff, have gone through the process of, of having our eldest children apply to college and 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 get in and choose? Like, I'm so much more surprised now. Like, oh, what? Martha would have been fine at school X. She would have been fine at school Y. She would have been fine at school Z. There's you're, so many great schools out there. You're not like, wired. You're not wired that way. Like you, when you didn't look at Martha in her crib at three days old and say, you're going to Harvard and I'll do whatever I, I did it, not. and I'll do whatever it takes to put you there because that'll be the, that'll be the indicator of my success but as a parent. It, my success as a parent. That's so key, right? My success as a parent, but right. yeah, it's insane. But the people involved in this are the kind of people that consume and expect 
things that you and I just don't. There's just a level of, uh, like when I get tickets to a Warriors game, I don't expect to be sitting courtside. And I don't expect to meet Steph. And the people that did Operation <laughs> Varsity Blues do. They, they want to meet When Steph. they buy a ticket, they, ex- ex- they expect that the kind of experience they have will differentiate them from other humans. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they are paying the piper. Speaking I mean, of also, pay- also though, like as ter- as as immoral behavior goes, buying your way into a private university through the side door versus real crimes against humanity. Like these folks are getting scapegoated. Like, like, oh, I'm so glad that actress is gonna go to jail for this. Meanwhile, like there's an attack on human rights in our country. Like, I just don't want to lose perspective. I, I gleefully uh, engaged in chuckling about it and I don't understand it, but I yeah. also, that let's, let's keep it, let's keep it in its little minimal immorality box where it belongs and, and not, not conflate it. This, do you, disagree, also do you note, disagree, Ben? Um, I, I'm just gonna make a different one, sorry. Uh, the movie the verdict the outstanding exceptional amazing movie the verdict yes um yeah plaintiff side lawyer pushes upstream against the powerful and the mighty and there's several scenes in it where it's suggested that the reason why the hospital and the archdiocese are going to win is because they have some sort of untoward advantage like they've bribed the judge or they've hired someone and that's similar to here where you're like, oh, these people spent extra money to get a special advantage. That's bad. But that papers over the real thing. Like, this is the top and the iceberg below it is like, the actual problem is that being rich and wealthy is just fucking way too powerful on every level in this (laughs) country. The actual power that those people have is not that they cheat it's that they don't have to cheat it's all above board it's right in front of you just open your eyes and look like the justice system is not twisted because of um jury bribing the justice system is twisted because the wealthy people buy the best lawyers and those best lawyers eventually become the judges and they all work together to screw people and it's the same thing with the stupid college thing i gotta tell you i think Edgy Jeff was oversold, and Edgy Ben is, is welcome. Really... <laughs> welcome to the party, my fine Edgy friend. Trump is impeached. Ben Barton, how many presidents uh, before Trump were impeached? One, right? And also, he wasn't impeached. He was like voted up for impeachment he, or something. No, he was he was impeached. He wasn't. Convicted. Oh, what do you call it? He oh. wasn't removed. Okay. Yeah. And I guess just Clinton, right? Uh, Clinton and Johnson. Oh, I forgot about Johnson. And yeah. Johnson. Um, all right. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast.
Gunmen opened fire at a mosque in New Zealand, Zealand, killing 51 people. But in a strange, nonsensical twist to this tragedy, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced a nationwide ban on semi-automatic weapons and assault rifles. Isn't that weird? So strange. So strange. New Zealand. Just upside down with their thinking down there. All right, moving on. Jimmy, you missed a major 2019 event. Oh, I've I've got more. Well, I've got I've got one bigger. What is it? What is the one that you're gonna do? This is the election of Indian Canada as the 69th mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, is that on your list? Because that happened in 2019. And can I say, as a out-of-state so non-voter who was definitely interested, I watched the online local coverage of that election. Okay. You have not lived until you've watched live internet coverage of a mayoral election out of okay. state. Okay. It is the, the local coverage. What was great is they had three dudes on there. And one guy was like, okay, settle in. Going to be a long night. Going to have to count these votes. And the second guy was like, I don't know. Like, you win local elections with shoe leather. And India Kincannon shook the hands of every single resident in this town. And then this (laughs) third old guy was like, Nah, no chance. She's an outsider. She's that, you know, he's like, let me tell you about Knoxville. And then four minutes later, they're like, oh, we're, we're calling it. India Kincannon is the next mayor. They obviously oh, wow. set up like they were going to have like eight different guests, right? And the second guy was like, I told you. And the third guy was like, I guess we're going to have like a liberal mayor of Knoxville again. Uh, I mean, he was so mad. He was so incredulous. And then they had was- like two hours and 41 minutes of like, yeah, she, I guess she's, guess she's pretty good. Like and they were gonna like it just torpedoed everything they were gonna do. What I was her what was her so uh, margin of victory? Uh 10,000 votes, maybe it was like 5248. It was it was oh, relatively close. close. But dude, keep close. in mind, she came in second in the primary. Right. And so this it was yeah. pretty impressive to come out on first. That is terrific. Uh when does she run again? Thank Does you for she asking. Run again? 2023. She's going to run again for sure. And we are going to run again. it right now. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. So she's already um, shared, shared a moment with each citizen of the city, the handshake, right? Yep. Um, are you going to try and do wine and cheese with every citizen on your porch? <laughs> yoga. She's yoga, with yoga with any, yeah. any Knoxville citizen who wants to do yoga with Ben. Just start. Let's go. Showing up. I'm ready with my Kincannon for Mayor 2023 contribution whenever uh, nice. whenever no it's needed. For sure. That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, uh, let's get to what was surely her favorite album of 2019. The number one selling album of 2019. Hit it, Jeff Simons. Pick a song, Timmy. I don't know what to play here. What's the one? Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, Paper Rings, that's a fun one. Done and done. It's the number one album. Lover by Taylor Swift. The moon is high like your friends were the night that we first met. Went home and tried to stalk you on the internet. Now I've read all of the books beside your bed. The wine is cold like the shoulder that I gave you in the street. Cat and mouse for a month or two or three. Now I wake up in the night and watch you breathe. 
fun so this is 2019 folklorist 2020 correct wow hey so this is i i want to get back to that dylan taylor swift thing because i think it's really oh. interesting no i'm not being facetious okay okay let's say i think the big difference like i'm listening to that right and uh maybe the biggest change from the first generation of rock stars to the most recent one is the shift from enigmatic to overly sharing like when I think of Dylan, like Dylan's fascinating because nobody knows what the hell's going on with that guy, right? Like people go through his trash. Every interview he's ever given is a performance and half fiction. Like Dylan wanted to be anything other than who he was. It's a fake name. It's a fake identity. All the songs reveal all these fundamental truths about his life, but they're obscured in a crystal ball of haze and imagery. And you're never sure. Like, my favorite Dylan quote is like, as Rambod once said, I am another. That's his whole career. Yes, I use the first person pronoun, but it's never all me. And it's also kind of you. And that's the whole point. Taylor Swift, that's a literal like I went home and stalked you on the Internet. Like Taylor <laughs> Swift is the is the complete inside out of Dylan's paper bag. Like you can go down the Dylan rabbit hole and you won't know anything about that guy. And Taylor Swift reaches in that thing, pulls it inside out and says, you can know everything you need to know about me. It's all right here. The way I play a live show, the way I record, the sound of my recordings, like here I am. And maybe that's the biggest difference in the way rock and roll uh, presents itself and speaks itself. Like I got to be honest, when I write a song that, that I feel is too overly revealing, I instantly hate it. And those are my best songs. And I, oh. I find that push pull of like the goal here is to create an illusion of myself that can be anybody so that anybody can feel like they're in my songs. And yeah. the best versions of that are the ones where I'm just I just throw it on the table. Yeah. So anyway, I think there really is something interesting about Dylan and Taylor Swift. I know we've been using it as a joke, but I, I am now genuinely interested in that comparison. She's also young. Like a lot of the enigmatic Dylan stuff comes later. I mean, his earlier records, in my opinion, are much, much more like I'm a folk guy. Like, um, and he wrote, also, he wrote visions of Johanna when he was 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, and also she's got a mix of things. She's got story songs. She's got other types of songs. Um, but that is right. I mean, I think, and like, uh, part of that also is modern celebrity. There's yeah. no point. I mean, you, there's right, no point right. in trying to be an enigmatic. Like, where's that going for you? <laughs> right. I, I mean, she wants to connect because I, I mean, ever since she was little, right? She wants that feedback, and and therefore, how do I get the feedback and the praise that I want? It's it's through connectivity and this is my authentic self and I know I can connect with you through that. Yeah. That's interesting. I shall think about that too. 
but this is <laughs> this is I, I mean ben you agree that next year is a turn for her a, a career pivot I do think so, although you can hear some of it on this record and the record before it, like the, yeah. the New Year's Eve song that Jeff. First of all, I can't believe how many records she sold, but the New Year's Eve song that Jeff played before that would fit in perfectly. That sounds just like Evermore and Folklore. Yeah, it does. Um, on this record, it's a little shiny, but the bones to Lover would fit in with that as well. OK. Um, yeah. So anyhow, I think she's building towards it. I think she's building towards it. I, I actually didn't realize that this record sold as well as it did, because I assumed that one of the things that happened with Evermore and Folklore was that she would, I mean, it did not, the, the singles didn't chart the way her old singles. Right. Charted. Her records Correct. are still selling a jillion, but the singles are not charting in, in that way. Um, but I guess it actually makes it even braver for her to just be like, look, I'm just going to try a brand new sound, a brand new thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Sure. What, uh, did you watch the documentary? No. I didn't either. Jeff? Nope. All right. Homework. That was a quick bit. <laughs> Good talk. I thought I, I thought I tried to turn Taylor into a new conversation. Yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought you did. So uh, we'll, we'll all watch that uh, documentary for next week. No, let's go. Let's go to. Oh, this is this is the final bit before we get to our three albums. In, in 2019, there was a fire. Uh, ben Barton, where was that fire? No idea. Uh, Jeff Simons, there was a fire. This isn't the Very, Oakland warehouse fire, is it? This is not. Okay, good. This is the uh, Cathedral of Notre Dame. In oh, of course. The roof and a spire went up in flames. Um, I, I, I assume that since we are 50-plus-year-old white guys who, who went to college, we have all been to that per- cathedral. Jeff Simons? Yeah. I think I might have even been there with you. Yeah, actually, we were there. Yeah. That's a good point. point. (laughs) It really is a dear memory uh, in my heart. So did did either of you post pictures on social media when Notre Dame uh, went up in flames? I did not. I don't think I did. Nor did I, but everybody did. It was so kind of weird yeah oh my god this is so sad here i was in 2007 when i went that is a weird thing i once stood outside this building that is now on fire (laughs) this is so sad and tragic i I thought it was bizarre that that happened like let's pull it back to me and my post-college trip you know i gotta be honest it's uh, one of those tragedies that you can actually wrap your brain around and just feel nothing but sadness for you know what I mean? Oh. Like you brought up New Zealand earlier, right? And like, yeah, I Sad. couldn't agree with you Tragic. more that, yeah, I mean, awesome. I'm a, I'm a gun, I'm a gun uh, limiter guy, but like, it's a complicated issue. And you, you know, people don't respond to gun violence in this country. Like, oh, that's terrible. Like there's it's, oh, that's terrible. And like, I gotta, I gotta frame it and politicize it. Whereas like Notre Dame's roof blowing up, bursting into flames. There's nothing political about that. Everybody can just be like, that's really sad. And so the, the photographs is almost this like relief that all I have to do is share sadness and no one's going to clap back at me with some kind of trollish something until this uh, podcast when we're going <laughs> to give everybody shit for being, uh, uh, look, where, look where I went, Mr. Fancy. So the, uh, the top five fires that live in my mind and jump in my mind 
Uh, I, I'm going to put Notre Dame's roof at number five. Uh, the city of Chicago and that whole cow kicking the bucket over. That's number four. The towering inferno is number Sorry, three. No the 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 Buddhist monk uh, in play. That picture lives in my mind. Uh, but number one, the number one fire in my mind, Jeff Simons hit it. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. Don't do We Didn't Start the Fire. Oh, dang it. How's this bit going? For you, Tim, now that it's actually happening. <laughs> Digging it. By the way, can we gets... talk about how long it takes before you get to a vocal in 1978? It was the 70s, This man. is the single edit. This is not the album track. This is the one that got played on the radio. It's a big build up. They didn't really have anything besides that. Unbelievable. 70s uh, was so amazing. Um, fires, uh, I have to shout out the local Sonoma Santa Rosa fires that have plagued my community. They are just like, I know people who've lost everything, houses burned down. It's just awful. The Oakland fire sad. happened okay. Okay. in my first year in California, uh, burned down an entire neighborhood. Um, and then for historical fires, you can't beat Pompeii. <laughs> I mean, I just like, did anybody else hear that? Frozen. Like Wait, that, that counts a as a fire? fire? Yeah. It's a volcano. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume that there was fire. First of all, I thought the bit was going to go more in the direction of Ben Barton, like talking about Billy Joel. Oh, and okay. you go to like, my friends lost their homes. I'm sorry. I like Jim, you're trying to make a nice joke bit out of fire. <laughs> it's a check yourself situation. <laughs> By the way, have you uh, ever... Have you watched anything from the Towering Inferno recently? That is just one spectacularly awful movie. A Dino De Laurentiis uh, <laughs> extravaganza. Extravaganza. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, ben, I'm just happy you're able to pull Billy Joel back into our conversations. I think that's that's what's great. All right. Are we done with fire? Let's get fire to- by the Ohio Players. By the way, also a great fire song. Let's get to our three albums. Our three albums. I believe I am up. Yeah, let's go, Ben Barton. First wave feminism (laughs) is the suffragist movement. Oh, boy. Takes place in the beginning of the 20th century. By the way, I just have to have time out. Um, this all comes with a caveat that we know the podcast is called 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Now, please continue we, with your treatise correct. on first-wave feminism. Oh Thank you. Second-wave feminism, generally marked uh, by the late 60s going into the 80s. It's the ERA era. It's the Ms. Magazine era. And now we are in either third wave or fourth wave feminism, depending on how you count it. And humorously, 
I've had a number of really good discussions with my beloved daughters about this. And I brought it up again yesterday and Dolly was like, I wouldn't even talk about feminism anymore. Don't you say it on the podcast. Everything's intersectional. There's no such thing as feminism anymore. So I guess we went third wave, fourth wave, wow. out, out the door wave. Well, okay. But, but I can't help myself. I'm still going to talk about it. Okay. So um, a classic difference between second wave and third wave feminism and this is like, I'm trying to put this in, the, in a nutshell. So for second wave feminism, there was this desire to be equal to men and better than men, but frequently on male grounds. So a classic example of this is the first wave of female law firm partners who worked harder than men, didn't have kids, got divorced, dedicated their lives to this work to show that women could do what men did. Third wave feminism is like this much broader, rounder version of feminism, where women don't have to compete with men in that fashion. They get to do it in all sorts of different ways, reflecting themselves. I think there's a second wave, third wave thing in female music as well. And frequently, the first version of female artists um, look like second waves in that they're competing in male spaces. So what's an example? I think a classic example is Joan Jett, who I love. And let me just be clear. I'm not anti, I am personally a second wave feminist. And I, I, I think that's how India would identify herself. That's how we grew, grew up. Um, so I'm not anti these artists. I'm just saying like Joan Jett, like I love rock and roll and bad reputation. These are male energy songs fronted by a woman showing that a woman can be just as tough as a man. Um, and you'll see this in rap, like you see this in old rap, like the real Roxanne is a classic example of this. Uh, a, rap, a rap act writes a song about how there's a stuck up woman, Roxanne, and then Roxanne, the real Roxanne comes on and it's like, not only am I stuck up, I'm going to diss you as hard or harder than you ever dissed me. Um, JJ Fad is an example of this in the old school, and it's still going on. There's like a whole wave of new female artists, many of whom are just freaking fantastic doing this. So for and doing it explicitly. So Megan the Stallion has a song called Girls in the Hood. That's just boys in the hood done by a female, like appropriating that space. Um, Doja Cat has a song called N-Word Ain't Shit. And that's just a direct response to Bitches Ain't Shit. Like, um, and again, th these songs are great, um, but, it's, but they're, they're in this particular space. The more interesting space to me is when you get this female feminine energy in a male space, but they were just completely twisting it. Like there's a whole new take on it. And this is kind of what I was trying to get at when I was talking about the Beths last week. Like um, the Beths or slot face are an example of this. Like it brings a real female energy to this traditionally typically male thing. And they're using the form for something completely different. Like the subject matter is completely different. We have a female rap act that I'm selecting this year, Rhapsody, R-A-P-S-O-D-Y. She's from a teeny town in North Carolina, goes to NC State and starts rapping in 2004. And it's just in the salt mines of rap from 2004 all the way until 2016 when Jay-Z signs her to, um, to, to a label, to a major label deal. Um, this is her second major label album. It's her third album. And it's also like her seventh album if you count all the weird mixtapes she was just grinding out along the way. Um, the record is uh, 
dedicated to female black empowerment. Every single song is named after a historical or current um, African-American female or just African female too, because this one for Cleopatra. <laughs> um, <but laughs> fantastic. The titles of the songs don't necessarily match to the subject matter of the songs. Um, but the song I'm going to choose, Oprah, is my favorite. Oh, and by the way, I love her. And this is my favorite album by her. Uh, there's five or six songs on this record that have made it at one point or other on the running mix. And Oprah has stayed on the running mix, period, since 2019. When it came out, this one always sits on there. Um, if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you're going to recognize this clip because we did it as the second to last thing in our racial justice step back podcast but uh nobody heard who it was or heard the story of the woman so i and, and also i love it so much i just thought i would pull it back out jeff if you will go to oprah at 325 and it's going to run a little longer than a minute but it's totally worth it i promise eve by rhapsody dollars dollars circulate dollars dollars circulate dollars dollars circulate dollars 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 circulate dollars Dallas, Dallas, circulate. Dallas, 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 circulate. They said we wouldn't have shit. Wouldn't last if it was up to white Jesus. Niggas started to believe it, started birthing and bleeding it. Oh, the lies y'all sold us. Oh, this poor love of ours, this gospel we sing. This little shine of mine, I'm gonna let it eat me up. I'm gonna let it kill me. Gonna let it fuck me up till I'm leaning, till I'm feeling, till I'm feeling better. Wow. I kind of feel better now Cause I got it now For me For him For her For my grandmama who had to pick cotton And my granddaddy who got lashed at then laughed at Who you turned your back on Who you took your turn on for massa I'm sorry, I'm kind of violent now Fucking tired now Don't mean to disturb your peace Just needed a little piece of what you got When I helped you out for massa Y'all got me hot now not asking for permission, came back to see what's good now. Niggas buying dreams by the pound, only real niggas selling, only real niggas feel your fear. It's nice I've frightened you. It's nice I've inspired you to look, to think, to act like me. Little old me, little old me came back to say, we made it. So um, there's a regular rap song. There's a two and a half minute regular rap song Ooh. where the dollars circulate that runs before this. And this happens three or four times on the record. There's an entire song that's just this sort of like freelancing. It's, it's, it's like, to me, it's a poetry slam space. Um, it doesn't rhyme, um, but it's clearly constructed. You know what I mean? She's not riffing. It's uh, like, it's a beautifully built out. Like she, she like starts, starts hot. She's like, I feel better. And gets mad again. Yeah, yeah. Matter and then closes with the we made it. Freaking (laughs) off the hook, powerful. Um, this little shine of mine, I'm gonna let it burn me, I'm gonna let it kill me, like just like right out of the gate. Um, I just absolutely love it. Um, this space that she's creating for her experience is unique and new and absolutely lovable. What um? What town is she from in North Carolina? You said she's from a little town in North Carolina. She is from, uh, born January twenty first, nineteen eighty three, in Snow Hill, North Carolina. I do not know Snow Hill. Wow, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 
Population uh, total, 1595. Oh my gosh. That really is nowhere. 1600 people. And she was in the salt mines, you say, just grinding away, grinding away. Like, yeah. Still making music, even what, 12 years after she started? Yeah, no, Uh, for sure. And I mean, and then she gets found. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, It's great. I, I, um, I remember this from uh, the last time. And this is somebody, Ben, uh, this is a record Ben was like, you need to get over yourself and listen to it. And I did. And, uh, you know, it's not <laughs> it, it's not my thing, but it is it is a fantastic example of its thing. And it's totally unique. Like I listen. I mean, I don't listen to a lot of rap, but I hear a lot of rap. And um, this jumps out as something different, which is hard yeah. to do in that genre where everything is so stripped down to begin with. So that's super cool. Well, even the the idea of um, a woman expressing her anger is is not not often for public consumption. Um, and she she expresses the anger and then tries to pull back and is like, no, no, still mad, yeah, still angry, still going to express it. And, no, but it uh, also it's like she's got like the, the historical aspect to it and the generational aspect to it. Like to me, that's got like, I don't know. That's just, yeah, she's right. bringing a different angle right. to the anger on it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, but by the way, totally that particular song aside, the running mix, we've heard a lot about the running mix uh, in two seasons here. How long is it currently or how many songs are on it currently? And then and then in the course of of your creation of the running mix over the years, how many songs have made it on and then gotten cut? So the current version is 26 hours, 48 minutes, 433 songs, all bangers, all bangers. And uh, you can find your running mix is 26 hours. It's a public playlist. So, but dude, remember, like, it's got to be I can't wear out on it. And I'm continuously uh fixing it and moving on there must be another 500 songs that have rotated on or off of the of the mix over the years and so you start your run and you just go random and, and it shuffle it for you. and then and then almost every one problem that happens is and timmy you as a runner and jeff will know i get tired and so at minute 37 a song will come up and i'll be like oh when i get back i'm deleting the real pain i never want to hear this stupid song again the real pain is recognizing it doesn't belong at the absolute worst possible moment (laughs) that's so true so unfair to the artist you know that that you're at mile four that's the acid test man you gotta make it at minute 47 if you can't make it at minute 47 (laughs) then you gotta go by the way, That's I love so the humble great. brag of Ben explaining that there's a minute 47 to his regular run. Right. That was That's an, I, you just slipped that in there just so like <laughs> perfectly. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to get to minute seven. Uh, all right, Jeff Simons, let's get to you. I'm going so rogue this rogue. week. Rogue. And it's because I so didn't want to talk about, you know, like I put all these restrictions on myself. And so I've been bringing up all these random bands. Looking at 2019 and everybody we haven't talked about, I was going to have to talk about the Black Keys, but I would, I'm so bored by the whole concept of the Black Keys. Like, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, who are the Black Keys? Like, 
you you got hit in the head with a frying pan and you've got other problems right. to deal with. What record so, did they put out in 2019? They put out, I don't even remember now. Uh, <laughs> the one, I mean, they put out a record like every 10 minutes, right? Let's see. Is it Turn Blue? Uh, no, it's the more upbeat one. Let's Rock. They put out Let's Rock. Oh, all right. Yeah. Right? Exactly. That would be a tough one for you to sell on this. Oh, right. That's exactly how we'd all feel if I was going to talk about that. So I'm not. I remember my friend Quinn and I hung out yesterday. Th- and I things are, things are going to get really awkward when I pick mine. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I, um, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Who are you hanging out with? I like when, when I was like 16, 17 years old, I remember hanging out with with Quinn. He reminded me of this. And I was like, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could just listen so everything that was recorded, like if there was just a data bank and bands just like made everything available. And he likes to joke that like in that conversation, I invented the iPod and uh, Spotify because I was like, there should just be a central bank. And then there should be a, music, a, a player, like a Walkman that's like dials into that thing. So you can call it up and listen, you know. Um, but one of the things that the Internet did um, that I think is a, is a positive is it made things accessible. Like if you want to read a book, if you want to remember an article from 25 years ago, you can find it. And for music, for people like me and Ben uh, who care about live performances, specifically the live performances that are wonderfully recorded and gray area available, i.e. bootlegs, they were, they were radio broadcasts or they were stolen from the band's vault. Like, there's frequently a situation where I prefer the live, the live performance. And I am fascinated with the shows that bands put together. It's not just enough for me. Like, boy, that was a really great year for the Rolling Stones when they put out Sticky Fingers. I want to know, like, when they took that material on the road, how did they design it? Like, what for them was the 75 to 90 minutes of this is the best we can give you when you come stand in a room with us and see us play in three dimensions. So I, I like to hear what my favorite artists were doing on stage in the same year that they were crushing it. Um, and some artists are better on the stage. And I don't just mean the jam bands, right? I can hear all the fish and Grateful Dead and Umphreys McGee fans getting excited. And I agree with uh-huh. you. Like that's the way to experience those bands. But some of the very best bands of all time I would argue that their live performances equal their studio performances and in some cases surpass it. And what the internet has allowed bands who are willing to do it to do is to interact with the fans directly and say, oh, you would like to hear everything we ever did? Okay. And they've started to put out these live performances. And it's interesting to me because I have friends who I would assume would be like blown away by this. Like, wait a minute, you want to tell me that there are now, like every time Pearl Jam plays a show, you can hear it the next day in perfect quality uh, if, you, if you subscribe to their website. I would think that some Pearl Jam fans would be really excited about that. You mean All I right. can go back and hear them in 1993 and 1994 when they were absolutely the best band on planet Earth. Wilco does the same thing. But some people... It just seems to be maybe exhausting that like when you're like, wait, there are live Wilco shows. Wait, there are 90. Forget <laughs> it. I'm just shutting down. I don't know where to start. 
but for somebody like me, like this is the dream. Like in the last, since about 2013, bands have really figured it out. They figured out, oh, I know how to master these, these, these performances so they sound great. I know how to go back into my archive and reconstruct not greatest hits, not cherry pick live records, not those 70s bloated like double albums, but like people want to hear when I, from when I walked off st on stage to when I walked off, they want to hear the whole show and we've got it and we'll mix it and we'll make it available to you. And you can either subscribe for five bucks a month and stream them, or you can buy them for 10 bucks. And for somebody like me, it's the, it's the dream I've had since I was a teenager. Like I can go back and hear, like I can go back to 1996 and hear what Wilco was doing on stage. I can go back to 1994 and hear what Pearl Jam was doing the year that Vitology made them the biggest band in the world. I can go back to 1973 and hear a Rolling Stones performance on the Exile Tour. Bob Dylan's been putting out those bootleg series just like, yeah. like clockwork. Um, but the one I really want to talk about and the, the artist right now who is the flag bearer for why this is important is Bruce Springsteen. Woo! Starting in 2014, Bruce Springsteen has started a website called live.brucespringsteen.net. And if you go there now, there's over 150 or something Bruce Springsteen shows. And a lot of them you don't need to hear. Like he put out his whole 2014 tour. Uh, and if you went to one of those shows, you can hear it again for 10 bucks. That's pretty cool. But it's not, that's not something where you're like, okay, that's an important addition to Springsteen's history. What's important is that Springsteen is putting out shows from the glory years, from 1974 or five through 1985, whatever your years are. For me, unquestionably, it's 1975 to 1978. And I would argue that the live performances that Bruce has put out are better than anything else he's ever put out. They are better than any of his studio huh. records. They are totally better agree. than Born to Run. They're better than Darkness. Wow. They're better. If you think you love Bruce Springsteen, if you think yes. you're a huge Bruce Springsteen fan and That's you me. haven't heard these shows, I haven't. You just don't know. You just don't know the story. So Bruce uh -oh. Springsteen, after some screw ups and hiccups, he got it right. And he just started one every, the first Friday of every month for the last eight years. He puts out an archive live show. So it's 12 shows a year. One a month is totally digestible. If you're a fanatic and you want to hear them all, you have a whole month to listen to a show. Right. And then you can do the next one. Or if you're like me and you're like, eh, I don't need more than one 1985 show. I've got my one 1985 show I've got, but I've now got a complete perfect sounding Springsteen show from every tour the guy ever did. And you know, it cost me like 70 bucks. That's what you would have paid for a Springsteen bootleg in 1992. If you found like a vinyl or a CD bootleg of Springsteen in 78 in a independent record store, you'd have thrown down 75 bucks and you'd be like, I can't believe I have this thing. Right? So and your rogue, your rogueness is that you're not picking an album you're not even picking a bootleg. No, he's going to pick a show. He's going to pick you're a show. Picking you're picking a show. I'm picking a show. But here's the thing, right? Like Springsteen's a major artist. Whether you like him or not, don't like him. He's a major artist. There was a moment when he was the most popular rock and roll artist in the world, 85, 86, right? Sure. And you, if you haven't heard these shows, you don't even really understand why. Like if you haven't gone back and heard the slow version of 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Ooh from the 75 tour or the punked up version of does this bus stop 
Or if you haven't heard the Prove It All Night. I was about to say the first three minutes of the live Prove It All Night. Oh, my God. Any night from 1978, Prove It All Night starts with a three to five minute Springsteen guitar solo. And you remember, you are reminded that Springsteen was a gunslinger until he became a singer songwriter. The best guitarist in Springsteen's band is Springsteen. And it's not even close. And if you've never seen him live, you don't realize like, oh, my God, all those leads on all the records are him. And he's this weird angular, interesting, note-bending, quirky guitar player. And he gets no credit for it because they edited it out almost completely from his studio canon. If you haven't heard the 15-minute Mona into She's the One from the Agora, if you haven't heard the night in Passaic, New Jersey, when he plays side two of Wild and the Innocent in order with the, with the shit-hot 78 band, when he goes kitties back <laughs> into Incident, into Rosalita. That's a 40 minute medley of just <laughs> perfect rock music. You don't All know, right. you don't know who this guy even is. So I am going to recommend that anybody who's been listening to this podcast, like you need to go and listen to either of the two Roxy shows. Springsteen at the Roxy in 1975, right before Born the Run blows up, when it's still a weird, little strange storytelling bar band when it's a 12 song show that lasts over two hours because there's an 18 minute kitty's back and there's a 15 minute E street shuffle, but he's also playing going back by Carol King and he's playing Chuck Berry covers. He does when you walk in the room, the old chiffon single. It's like he's inventing this space within rock and roll history where there's space for Bruce Springsteen. He's doing it like, in real time, it starts with a solo piano version of Born to, of Thunder Road. It's fantastic. Or you can go to 78 when he comes back to the same club and plays the, the, the darkness two set three and a half hour show, which was basically what the first disc of the old box set was, except they edited out so much of it. Like songs are three minutes shorter. They edited out bridges. They edited out Aww. stories. This is the Boom. whole deal. Um, these are the years when Bruce was hungry and he hasn't eaten yet, right? All of these shows from 75 to 78, the biggest room is 3000 people. It's the Berkeley community theater, right? Most of these shows take place in clubs of 400 to a thousand people. That's like this insane. is Bruce before insane. he's Bruce. These are small clubs and theaters. They're intimate spaces. They sound intimate in the mix. Like you're in that crowd sweating with like 600 people watching what you know is going to be the next big star because he's undeniable. By the time we get, we get to 80, 81, he's playing 20,000 seat stadiums, theaters, like, you know, basketball stadiums. Yeah, yeah. And he's still great, but it's not the same experience. Like you don't really need a, a 1985 show from the stadium tour more than once. And, and if you were there, it's cool. But like you can hear 90,000 people screaming at the Roxy, it's just piano and him, and you can hear a freaking pin drop. There's an intimacy and a power to the listening experience in 2022 of these shows that I cannot recommend enough. And to give you an example of what I'm talking about, I'm going to play you the first 30 seconds or so of um, It's Hard to Be a Saint in the City from the album. And then I'm going to play you about a minute from the version that's on, uh, that he does live in 1975. This happens to be from the CW Post show. But you'll just hear the difference between the Bruce you know and the Bruce you need to know. So here okay. we go. Uh, Live.brucespringsteen.net. 
Okay, so that's the version everybody knows. Now let's let's this is the live version from just a year later. Here we go. that out but wait it, it's just getting warmed up there's a back and forth guitar call and response between him and little steven max weinberg is playing at a faster tempo on that than anything on the first clash record like you want to talk punk rock like that's that dbm is out off the chain and he and gary talent the rhythm section are playing like they're like they get three more minutes to live like that band is just <laughs> leaving it all on the line every song night after night i don't know how they did it there are there are, there were 105 shows on the darkness tour and the average length of the show was three hours and five minutes and yeah. it's that it's that yeah that, that level kind of, of intensity for three and a half yeah. freaking hours with one 15 minute intermission to be able to experience that and that oral quality in 2022 is one of the internet's greatest gifts i don't know why more bands aren't figuring out that this this there is a legacy creation <sighs> taking place here i think tom petty is going to be the next one in the in the game i'm pretty sure that they're going to roll out a, a similar program and that'll be fantastic as well but there's just so many different like the jam bands all do it but you know the yeah there's a generation of spectacular artists who still haven't figured out like oh like the prince estate is figuring this out right we're starting to get complete prince shows and it's amazing. It's amazing to hear 1987 Prince's full three-hour show. And I, I, I know it's long, and I know not it's not for everybody. But uh, for people it's who fun. love people it's who fun. love music, like having access to it. So my pick for 2019 is the live archive series 
of Bruce Springsteen and like-minded bands. And I hope, I hope the floodgates continue to open. Okay. All right. So Jeff, maybe we'll remember the documentary. There's an amazing documentary about Springsteen where they talk about this era and he wouldn't leave the stage. He wouldn't leave. He just wanted to keep playing. And I can't remember, it's like the a bassist and the drummer described, they're like, oh, we had to fit, like, we, we ran off for the encore. He's like, we're going back out, we're going back out. We're going. like, no, we're not going back out, we're done. He's like, we gotta go back out. They would grab him and then throw him face down into an ice-filled cooler and hold him in there, hold him in there until he came up and he was like, we're going back out. And they told him back, him back down <laughs> until he came up and gave up. This is after a three hour, three and a half hour show. Um, the <laughs> urgency like to just on the edge, like, like, and the, the, when you read it now, it's actually like, it's a little sad too. Like when you, he's so open now about his depression and his manic depression. Um, the only time he felt alive, the only time that he felt well at all was when he was on stage doing this thing. Yeah. And so he kept amping it up. It was like more, yeah, more, why more, you more, more, more. He was like completely addicted to it. Um, and so like, as a personal matter for him, I'm really sorry that that was the case. Um, as an art matter, and for me personally, I'm like, oh man, am I grateful that we had that thing? Like, just the and again, just got it completely right. This is why I personally, there aren't that very many bands that fit in this category, but Springsteen is absolutely one of them. He's never able to capture that urgency, and it may not be possible to capture that in the studio. But man, oh me, oh man, oh my, can you hear it when they're live? Like, he's just burning it up from the inside out and just completely giving it all out fantastic again that era just got it completely right there's a half dozen shows in that era that i'll take over anything else that he's recorded love it awesome so great you know we we're still driving a 1996 honda accord and my children are like can we just please get a new car like our minivan is from 2008 and like we still call it the new car. Yep. And the 96 Accord runs great. And they want us to get a new car because it's 2022. I'm like, no, I want to buy tickets to Sweden next summer to go see Bruce Springsteen. Cause this, this opportunity is passing us by. Like we can't wait any longer. You children got to go see him. So what are you guys doing next summer? You want to go to Sweden? I want to go to Sweden for so many reasons. And if you throw <laughs> Springsteen in there, that's great. But uh, oh, dude, I'm working on uh, the birthday group to go to the three shows in Ireland. Oh. In Ireland for a week and see all three. Are we Are we in the birthday group? You definitely can be joined. Jeff. That will not hurt anybody's Yay, feelings. Birthday. So that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, we're in the birthday group. Let's go. I don't uh, want to get into the birthday group that way. You don't ask into the birthday group. <laughs> It's just, just either it happens or it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, bring right. us home, man. That was excellent. We've been loquacious. Afternoon. I did my homework. I, had, I brought my edgy homework, baby. Yeah, you knew what you're doing there. I, I can't. I mean, so real quick, uh, you've you've converted me at the very least because I did not know about this. And now I'm going to go listen. Um, I'm going to go with Maggie Rogers, Jeff Simons. Uh, it's not her debut album, but it kind of is the album that puts her on the map. Um, and I didn't know about it till March of this year when a listener whose name escapes me at the moment 
uh, hit me up to Maggie Rogers. And, um, and I've been listening to this album nonstop ever since I want to go with, um, not the, not the one that made her famous Alaska, but I want to go, or the hit, I want to go with falling water, Jeff Simons. I'd love for you to start at two twenty-five. Heard it in a past life by Maggie Rogers. And it's getting of maggie rogers do you know her follow her i only know her through you bringing her up i you know two things jump out at me there is uh very ricky lee jones in the um at the end local yeah mm. and that's a fascinating tempo you really hear very few songs at that tempo because it's not it's too fast for ballad and it's yep. too slow to toe tap like you cannot dance to that without looking like um uh, the, the young you're Frankenstein, a, like you're on drugs. Like it's just like at the worst, chunky. Uh, but I kind of liked it. Like you don't hear a lot of uh, music at that genuine mid tempo. That jumped out at me immediately. So I know but, Alaska. I know the song that that got her discovered. Timmy, do you know the story yeah. of her being discovered? Just the Pharrell Williams clip. Is that? Yeah, is that a, is she's that a student at NYU. Amazing. Oh, in it's an amazing. advanced music class. They bring Pharrell Williams in to listen, and he's visibly moved by the song, and that's yeah. what she decided. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Dude, do amazing. you know what she did the last two years? I do. Tell us. She's down the, she's down the street. I'm in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts, about a mile away from Harvard's campus. She was at uh, the Divinity School there at Harvard. I think she just finished her master's degree. Kind of an intense lady. I like it. Kind of intense. Yeah, like she's 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 kind of a musical star. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go back to grad school. And I think she's been studying um, um, social protest movements uh, as part of her thesis work there, which is really fascinating. But like her journey before that was also kind of all over the place. Lots of interests, lots of discoveries. Um, but when you were playing Billie Eilish, 
and I'm listening to these weird sounds and it's a dance track and there's moodiness. I'm like, oh, wait, is this is this Maggie Rogers with different hair? Maggie Rogers is much folkier in yeah, my experience. Much folkier. Okay. I have three things to say. One, we used to call someone like this smart. <laughs> I like, I like, like, I think it's great. Like, go to grad school, man. If you're interested in stuff, L- listeners out there who still have a chance to go to grad school, like, go to grad school. Uh, two, it sucks to be famous um, and go to grad school. That the fact that you know what she's studying, can you imagine? If three assholes were talking about what you were writing your Shakespeare paper about, Tim, when you were in oh grad school, how much pressure be, you would feel? I feel bad for her. And three, yeah. is this not what fourth wave feminism might look like? Oh, oh bringing it back. it all up. Boom. it all up. <laughs> love it. I love it. Wait, that was three things you said? Okay. Yeah. Right? It would have been, yeah, it would have been better for us third wave and then it could have had the symmetry but you're right all I'm right sorry tim i'll do well, better next time all right tim i can see why your students love you that's great <laughs> I, I can't i can't imagine why your daughter wanted us to stay away from feminism um 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys trying our best week after week which brings us full circle to jeff simons yay gen x all right, guys, let's wrap this up. Hey, are we doing 2022 or are we going to stop in 2022? Yes, we're doing 2022 for sure. All right. Wow. Three more to go and the season is over. Should we go live on that last one? We should we'd try. Really I mean, have to, we're have lucky. We've been hanging on by the work. skin of our teeth. Let's just promise I mean, that we'll do three more before we get fancy. Yeah. Crawling over the finish line. It has really been, uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been a struggle, the, tw- the 2010s. All right, gentlemen, much love. I will see you later. Thanks. Later on, my friend. All right. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.